A stepmom not only has a special window into the soul of a stepchild, she also has a front row seat to the drama and anguish experienced by divorced dads. Our partners are not the deadbeats that popular culture likes to pillory. They're heroes fighting to protect the hearts and minds of their kids from conflict and dysfunction. This is episode two in a series of interviews with divorced dads, true influencers in the world of intentional fatherhood. Hi there, I'm Tracy, and this is the Essential Stepmom Podcast, your source of unconventional advice and inspiration for the womanly art of raising someone else's kids. Is it really an art? You bet. Nobody pops out of the womb with an instinct for step-parenting. It's something you practice and get better at, like anything else. And if you found this podcast, it means you're smart enough to look for someone who's been practicing the moves for a long time to stand in your corner and coach you through it. I'll share my wins, my missteps, and my analysis of what worked for my family over the last 14 years and why it could work for you too. If you like this stuff, don't forget to subscribe. And you can get more of me at EssentialStepmom.com. Nobody sees the challenges of divorced dads more clearly than we do. He's your partner, your husband, your boyfriend, your fiancé. And my guest today has created one of the first podcasts dedicated to exploring the emotional landscape of the men in our lives. His name is Stéphane Jutra, and his show is called The Divorced Dad Diaries. Hello, Stéphane. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. It's really, really a pleasure. I found your podcast not very long ago, and I was so happy to hear it. I was happy that it existed, first of all, because we were just talking before I pressed record to mm -hmm. say that there's not so much out there for divorced dads. And uh, I was especially happy. I, I listened to a few episodes and I was especially happy to hear the interviews that you did with your kids. Those are really, really special. Yeah, I mean, it's an, kind of an idea I had too. I mean, initially, like you said, when I started on my side, uh, there wasn't much. And when I went to my divorce, I couldn't find anything. So that was uh, one thing I said, you know what? Maybe it's worth a try and see if uh, if it works out. So that's what made me started. And um, yeah, it, I tried to get maybe another angle as well from a lot of things that are there. I'm trying at least. And uh, my kids, I've been through that with me, obviously, uh, for a while. <laughs> and, uh, and at one point I was thinking about that. I said, you know what? It would be nice because we talked about it, but it would be nice to maybe there's people out there as well that wanted to know, like the kids or even parents or... Uh, divorced dads or moms, like how the kids are, you know, what they think about it and things. So I, I asked my kids, like, do you guys mind being on the show? And I was surprised. They really, both of them, they said, yes, yes, yes. So they're so uh, articulate. They're, um, yeah, I was surprised. Well, no, I was surprised. It's not true. I know, I know my kids and they're, 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 but they're a bit like my daughter is a bit like me. She's a, she's like shy type a little bit. So, mm -hmm. um, so I knew like, actually very smart uh, young women and everything but after the interview i listened to it i was like wow that's and i learned a lot of new things that's why i was 
I was uh, saying at, at some point to other people, it's like after even the question I asked is some question I didn't know the answer. So it wasn't all planned and I didn't tell them anything. So I was like, you know what, let's just go on and talk about it. Uh, you know what and, she uh, said that really moved me? It was a perspective that I hadn't heard before. And I think it's a really important one. She said that she's so tired of choosing. She feels all the time that she's choosing. And mm -hmm. we don't think about that. You know, that if you, you're giving somebody, you think it's a gift to say, you know, we respect your autonomy and we want you to be able to be where you're happy and mm -hmm. not to feel that you're tied into, you know, some arbitrary kind of schedule or something. It, it, it appears on the surface to be something that a teenager would feel like that they really, really want. And mm -hmm. for this type of child, she feels a pressure that she's making a choice and that somebody is, someone's feelings are being hurt every choice that she makes. Yeah. And it was, it was something I learned also uh, like early on as well. And, and even talking with them about parenting in general, but in that situation, even a divorce, sometimes they, they won't say it, but they appreciate that we make the choice. Like in this case, right? A lot of parents, us, me starting with, he's like, you know, you guys decide what you want to do. And, and, but it's a big burden to carry. That's what I realize. And honestly, sometimes I think they prefer that we pick yeah. because they don't feel bad. It's like, you know yeah. what, we'll be this way, 50, 50, or, and, yeah. and you won't feel bad that way. But when you give them the choice, which I think they should have, obviously, uh, it's a difficult decision, whichever way they go, because they don't want to hurt anybody. And, yeah. and uh, they're choosing for everything, choosing where to stay. But this, we talk about that choice, you know, which parent do I stay with? Or not only that 50-50, what do I do? But there's a lot of other choices too, with school, with yeah. everything around it that they have to make. Well, and I think in your particular case, if I'm not mistaken, there were big issues with school, like a super long bus ride. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it. So my daughter was, it's funny because I just had my son, the interview published not too long ago. And they're obviously, you know, same family, but two different views. Yeah. And my daughter was more about choosing obviously the parents and going where and not hurting anybody else. And my son was more about choosing all the other stuff because you have two two different types of bus ride uh, you have uh, you know two you have to carry two of everything and two yeah. houses and so that's that's a tougher tougher uh, choice so um so it was a bit different uh, with the two but yeah that's what i was saying is you don't realize it but they're after that they're faced with many choices and 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 they have to pick a lot of different things and it's it's not easy for them obviously um so um yeah, so it was interesting to see a bit, a bit more about about that. And even I think I, we talked about it a bit uh, a couple of weeks ago when we first talked. Even my daughter came to me and said, "You know what?" She's like, um, uh, "She and I don't know if she mentioned it. If I mentioned the interview, but she came to me at one point. She said, "You know what? I can't wait to move out.'" Yeah, and and that was the thing. It wasn't because she really wants to move out and she's tired of us. She's like, well, if she moves out, at least her own place, and she yeah. won't feel like she's choosing. So either parents can go. And <laughs> that was so. It was really important for me to hear that because it was a mm -hmm. whole, it was a whole point of view that I hadn't considered before. And it, I mean, in our in our household, that wasn't ever an issue because the, um, my uh, my husband lives three hours away from where his okay. kids were living, you know, so there was never any question of, uh, 
going here, going there, um, mm. or of choosing, you know, but certainly they were aware that wanting to come here to visit was hurtful. Yeah. For, for their mom. And so, um, that for a long time, that was, it was really hard for them to, to do. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, the idea of like, oh my God, when I get to have my own apartment, I don't have to go back and forth anymore. I have one place where I live. That's true. Yeah. And there's one of, you know, there's no more need of two of everything. And, two of everything. And, and I've uh, always forgotten something somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. It's normal. I mean, and you know, as a parent, you might get mad about that sometimes. And, but you don't always think about the logistic behind that as well. And, and, and it's, you know, there's again, double of everything. You have to think twice and uh, it's a lot more thought. You have to put a lot more thought into it than if you were staying at one place. So, and, uh, and I think also the other um, thing that really kind of played into all this about the choosing and everything else was also because my son made the choice. Well, I would say early uh, for about one year, he went back and forth, but after he decided, you know what, that he wants to be with me full time. Yeah. So that even added more because I think on my daughter's side now it was even worse because now she's like, well, I, I, you know, I don't want to choose, but at the same time, let's say I choose to stay with me. It's even worse because now yeah. her mom is by herself. Yeah. And so, so this, it was even harder yeah. on that one. So, yeah, I had the impression that it could be, uh, that's not a choice that feels open to her. Exactly. So she's been, uh, but lately I think she's, She's been uh, staying, oh, well, even before COVID, I guess uh, she, now she's pretty much full-time here. Oh, okay. And yeah, so now she decided to stay here. And I think probably also what helped is she uh, had a boyfriend, she had to have, she has a new boyfriend and he lives maybe a couple of houses down from my Whoa. place. So, <laughs> so I think that it's not only that, you know, it's not that she Good prefers news, me Dad. over her, her mom, but now it's like, you know, my boyfriend lives two houses down. So it's a lot more practical than taking a bus again and driving wow. or whatever goes to your boyfriend. So, so now, yeah, it's been about eight, nine months that uh, they're, they're both, they're both with me. So. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. Oh, very nice. That's great. So yeah, we, Tell everybody how you came to start your podcast. And we were just talking about the fact that there's yeah. not so much out there for, mm -hmm. you know, in the way of support for divorced dads. Uh, yeah. I mean, the, this it's, you know, I, I wouldn't say a typical story, but obviously married, married for about 20 years. And after that went through a divorce and uh, uh, during the separation phase and even, even, during the, the divorce phase and up to getting divorced, I noticed that, uh, you know, the first thing you do, I mean, you have the, the talk, I guess, and you decide, you know, we'll get separated and you decide to go on. And it's something new for a lot of people. And uh, so the first thing I did is as a good, uh, you know, internet uh, geek or whatever mm -hmm. is go on the internet and start researching a bit. It's like, you know what? And I was really into podcasts before too. So I'm like, I wonder if there's anything out there. So I started looking for information about, you know, what to do next. And, uh, and uh, not only, uh, and that's the thing, there's a lot of things out there. I notice about the practical uh, side of things of divorce. So yeah. what do you do with the house, uh, the lawyers and everything else? But I wanted a bit more. It's like, so how do you deal with the kids? How do you deal with maybe some of the, feelings or emotions you have or everybody has and, and, and things like that. So I started looking and there was really not much, even yeah. I would almost say nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so I, that's one thing I, I started thinking. I said, you know what, 
I, and I went through it, obviously, and for a couple of years. It wasn't easy. It wasn't an easy uh, separation at all. And every time I was going through something, I was thinking, you know, I wish that I knew this. I wish that I knew that. And the way I feel is that normal. I feel that way. And so I started taking notes. I said, I think I, I would love to share that because yeah. there's not much out there. And um, I was always thinking about which idea I could have to start a podcast. And I said, that would be perfect. So I can talk about my experiences, my journey, hopefully will help people and talk with other dads and moms too. I mean, uh, about this whole thing and, and try to do something. Uh, again, I try to make it a bit, a bit different as well. So we touch up, upon a bunch of topics, yeah. but uh, I, yeah. And that's where the interviews came with my kids. I said, oh, that would be fun because you never hear really about them. Really good idea. Really <laughs> and, good uh, idea. And yeah, I was curious about how they felt. So I'm like, you know what, if I put that out there and maybe some kids will, uh, or some people will reach out and say, oh, you know what, that helped out. And so They're about what, 14, 15, 18, 19? So my daughter, my daughter uh, turned 18 and my son is uh, 14 and a half. Yeah. yeah. So the teenage years. So, so, uh, so that's how I started it. I was like, you know what, let's start, let's start writing a couple of things and ideas. So I started putting ideas uh, as we all do. And, and I'm like, I think there's a lot to talk about. So I started that and I was, I was uh, kind of, I would say a bit surprised. You're always surprised, right? I mean, you start those things like, I don't know, will anybody, anyone listen to me? I don't know, but yeah. you know what, let's put it out there <laughs> yeah. and see. And uh, I was, I was happily surprised because I got some feedback from people and it started slowly and building up and, uh, and uh, yeah, it's, and it's something that was also, I think that was missing, like we said. And also something I needed and it was good for me too, to kind of talk about it a little yeah. bit and, and, and let things out a little bit. And uh, again, some people reached out and we had some discussion on that and some interviews with other people. So, so it, it was really, it's really fun. I love it. And, uh, and hopefully, I guess from the feedback I got and hopefully it, it helps people and they find it uh, useful somehow. Tell me um, if you feel that, uh, that somehow your, uh, your feeling of being a parent is very different, being married and being a single dad? Has it changed a lot or not so much in your case? Uh, it changed a lot. And uh, I mean, being a parent, obviously, uh, to start with is, is not easy. And when you're in a relationship, married, at least you have two people. And mm -hmm. most of the time, obviously, <laughs> sometimes some people help more than others. And but in theory, still, you still have two people. So uh, parenting, and as much as they might be conflict, because you might think differently, uh, there's always a, another person there to either help out, bounce ideas or to deal with what's mm -hmm. happening. So obviously, like anything, you end up being by yourself. And now you make all the decisions. And it's all yeah. pretty much rely you it's all on you and, uh, and the help that you had, or at least some, some kind of support is not good. It's not there anymore. So, um, so that's something different and you kind of have to rethink a bit what you do. And, uh, um, and I guess it depends also which kids, I mean, I'm, I'm lucky because I guess my kids has been, has been, I guess, kind of easy mm -hmm. uh, on my side. Uh, but again, I was always trying to keep them in mind as well with what, what everything we did, we do. But even on them, there's an extra burden because as a single parent, I mean, it's a lot more work for the parent, but also obviously the kids and they kind of expected to help a little bit more and uh, which maybe they were not always doing before. So that's a change for them too. So, so definitely, and you realize uh, a lot more, you know, 
the work-life balance too uh, becomes a lot more important as well. Uh, and uh, like I said, everything becomes up to you. So that's, that's the biggest change that maybe people are not used to before. Even if there's always maybe, or there's sometimes a parent that makes most of the decision or that might be more kind of uh, doing things on their side. Uh, when you're by a single parent, it's, it's all you, the good, the bad. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody else <And> to blame. <laughs> of course. I think uh, in, my, in my case, uh, in my household anyway, my husband was a very, very active hands-on dad. So he was mm -hmm. what we would call the chief cook and bottle washer. Okay. Um, he was the one cooking the meals. He was the one, you know, doing the laundry and changing the diapers. And uh, so very, very active, involved dad. And so for him, he's just one of those people who is kind of the eyes in the back of his head and octopus arms. And, okay. he, you know, three kids who were quite close in age, very, very active. Um, so it was it was hard, but it was natural for him in a way. Mm -hmm. But the, what was hard for him was that he didn't have his kids in his own house. They were really never here. Mm -hmm. And he was going there to visit them, but not inside their house. Just he would pick them up in a city where he didn't live anymore, try to find something to do for the day okay. and stay over somewhere and repeat again the next day. So it was very hard to manage that. Um, yeah, it wasn't real life somehow. Didn't mm. feel like real life to be always going from the bowling alley to the movie theater, to the shopping mall, to McDonald's and home. You know, it was like not really opportunities for, for real parenting. But mm -hmm. when they started to come and live here one at a time, uh, he's really he's strict in the sense that he has expectations, but not in the sense that like, I've never known him to ground somebody say, you're not going anywhere, take away a phone. Like I, I've never known him to do that. What he did do one time only was to turn off the internet. I think he okay. actually turned off the power to the house. If I'm not mistaken, he went in the basement, <laughs> turned off the breakers. His oldest son came here when he was about 14 and you know, it's the right time to push the limits. That's, that's normal. And, uh, and dad says, you know, 11 o'clock, it's a school night, time to stop. And it doesn't stop. Uh, you know, he says it's 11 o'clock. And when it doesn't stop, he just pulls the plug and mm -hmm. the house gets dark and there's no power anywhere anymore. Um, but it only happened once. And then, and then he knew, you know, um, but that, uh, that boy didn't like to hear no. He, he was, yeah. um, he was used to a very mm, enabling liberal environment in the sense of, you know, that there, there weren't any limits to what you could okay. do. There was no bedtime. There was no anything really. And um, so uh, he got, he got quickly tired of, of having limits. And then it was a big shame that, his mom did not help where she could have helped by saying, I, I hear that you're upset with that, but you're at your dad's house now and he's the one making the rules. 
mm-hmm. that would have that would have helped and uh instead it was well why don't you come back here where there aren't any rules and then you'll be more happy uh but the other kids have really liked they've expressed that they've really liked the the feeling of being encadré you know they're being mm-hmm. uh, kept in a um, yeah. corralled in a sense you know to be held in in a embrace of these rules it's a safe it feels safe to know that that yeah. there are rules and you that you can count on your parent to tell you what's safe and what's not safe mm-hmm. and that you there are stupid it. arbitrary rules but they're you know they're good ones yeah mm-hmm. sorry i didn't hear you what you just said no, I was saying, yeah, they, they, don't, they don't always admit it, but definitely yeah. uh, I think you're absolutely right. That's one thing, like being closer and again, having one parent too and different rules where they go. You need those rules and, and yeah, definitely it makes them a bit more comfortable and, and they know where they can navigate most of the time. And, and my son was a bit the same thing, did the same. Uh, he also kind of pushed back a little bit and that's why, I think he said, oh, you know what? I'll go live with dad at first because he thought it would be, yeah. it would be, you know, just pure fun. And, yeah. <laughs> but, but I guess that didn't happen. And, uh, and uh, there was a bit of a adaptation period at the beginning, but, but definitely, uh, yeah, definitely rules have to be made and, and people change. I mean, I think uh, for example, for my side, maybe I was a bit more lenient before on different things, but now that I'm the only one, I mean, I can't just, you know, it can't be just uh, fun all the time. And same thing, I guess, for my, my ex-wife's the same thing, I guess on her side, she was maybe the stricter one, but now it couldn't be just being hundred percent super strict with the kid. So, so I guess we kind of get a bit of, I guess, both of us in, 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 at least in me and, and to try to, to manage that and, and make it, uh, workable. I'm curious to know how it feels to you to have to, if your natural way is to be more lenient, how does it feel to you to have to make, make rules and. Uh, it's, a, I mean, it's a learning curve at the beginning. I mean, I have to say that the kids know, they know my limit too. So it's, they play inside those rules. So I'm a yeah. bit more lenient, but it's not like you guys do whatever you want. And I don't care. So they were aware of that before. And obviously they, they, they still aware of that, but, but definitely it's a change. And, and I think the, uh, over time, I think they start to understand why, but uh, again, being this, this, the only parents you have to have even maybe somebody a bit more rules, because again, you're the only one and things change and you have to adapt to, with uh, now this new rela- reality. And uh, everybody has to chip in a little bit more too. So uh, it was a learning curve. And again, as, as a dad and as a parent at the beginning, you, you try a few things and like, oh, that doesn't work. Uh, let's try. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I, that's it's so nice that you say that because I think, yeah. I, think um, I get the impression that it could be hard. Uh, it could be hard as a dad to feel that you're, making a mistake and that you know that it um everybody's looking at you maybe it feel it could feel like everybody's yeah. looking to see if you're did you know because wow you're a dad and the, your kid lives with you all the time like which kind of dad are you you know yeah and and, and I, I agree i think that was a bit my feeling at the beginning definitely and uh, it it's not completely gone but i think you know 
I guess like everything, kind of prove yourself. But definitely at the beginning, I felt that I started really uh, at the bottom and there was a lot of eyes on me. And, and especially that my son was with me full time too. And being a dad and even dealing with school and everything else, I think as a dad, I really felt that I was starting behind everybody else. So I had to prove myself that even yeah. if I'm a dad, I can, you know, I can make, I can cook dinner and I can take <laughs> care of the kids. I can, nobody will die if they're sick. I can bring them to the doctor too. I can, so yeah. dads do that too, right? But uh, when you're a mom, I think that's, ex- nobody will question that. It's, it's, it's expected. But at the moment that the kids are with the dad, they're sometimes like, more in danger, I guess, because it with the dad. And so that was the big adaptation I had to do at the beginning, I have to say, is to kind of, I didn't, you know, like everybody, I mean, you, you know, people think that and I didn't care much. It was more for me, but, but I felt it definitely that uh, I was starting from behind and I had to prove myself in a way. I don't know why. And I didn't really care. I was doing the way I thought it was, but I definitely had to kind of prove myself that I could, uh, uh, you know, could have kids with me and they, they wouldn't uh, die in the next couple of weeks. So <laughs> <laughs> that's a feeling I had at one point. It's like, but, uh, but I, I was involved with them before too. I, I mean, yeah. I was, I was working, I traveled, but every time that I had that home and, and when I was working from home for many years at the end, I mean, I was spending all the time with them. So it wasn't something foreign. And yeah. I was also the one cooking and doing all this stuff before. So that too wasn't foreign and cleaning the house and things like that. So, but, uh, but definitely I felt a bit judged. And even today when I mention it and it's like, oh, you know, you're divorced. Yeah. You have two kids and oh, they live with me. And I still get that look sometimes like why? And- <laughs> yeah. It's something, you know, we have, we have these um, preconceived almost mm-hmm. archetypes of, I like to say that the, you know, the single mom is a kind of a saint, like she's doing everything by herself. It must be so hard. What a wonderful woman. Her, you know, her husband, who must be a bad guy, mm-hmm. he left her, you know, and then the, the divorced dad is the bad guy who left that nicely. Like that's the, we have those terrible archetypes that, yeah. that the dad must be wrong. You know, mostly we think of divorced dad as a deadbeat dad. Like he's not even, he's not visiting, he's not paying child support, he's, you know, ran off with another woman, whatever. Like that's very strong societal images of that. And then we have the stepmom who is thought about as the woman who broke up that marriage. Even if she met the dad five years later, she always has to wear the stigma of people wonder if they were dating before the divorce and she's the cause of that. And, you know, what, how is she um, like, you know, maybe she's planning to send the kids away to boarding Mm -hmm. school or something. And then if there's a stepdad who is the guy who thank he's like a knight on shining armor who comes to save that, that single mom who's doing everything by herself, who's such a nice lady. And he now is a great man because he's stepping up, to do the job of the dad who didn't want to do like those things are really strongly ingrained images. I think we, like you said, you have to prove that you're not that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's hard to, uh, yeah, definitely it's, st- it's still there. And I think you said it perfectly, like on the mom side, stepmom side, and that everybody has their kind of predefined 
roles and you know stereotype on how those people were before and and uh, it's changing a bit slowly but still um it's um it's i'm surprised sometimes and and i heard things i saw things and i gave an example uh on one i think my last latest episode i'll put like about i was reading some news group because i'm you know i, I want to obviously research a bit yeah. for the podcast and see what's happening and even to help me there's, there's some news groups on there and and you know if a woman comes on the group and it's mostly women obviously so the men feel really shy to talk about problems about divorce and separation so it's mostly women and i guess there was a couple of instances where i was really surprised when some women was like yeah you know i have a, i have some money on the side i have a lot of money and i want to get a divorce my husband doesn't do anything and i don't want to lose that money it shouldn't be 50 50 and and there's a bunch of of moms that answer that you're right i don't know why it's not 50, poor you poor you you're the victim it shouldn't be 50 50 and now i see the opposite a couple of dads that dared posts ex- pretty much the exact story saying you know what i've worked hard on my life i paid the house i paid everything and now i'm getting a divorce and i feel like you know i shouldn't give 50 50 it was awful yeah. <laughs> the answers i the answers i read were awful yeah. Yeah, and I, I was like, I can't believe that I, I can, but I was still couldn't believe like the double standard still to this day. And, and hopefully it will change. It will change and it will get better, hopefully. But uh, it's still very present. <laughs> it it, it, it was, makes me laugh, but it's terrible. I, I swear, like some of the uh, some of the uh, the comments were like, you know, the recommendation from the moms to dad was like, oh, you should hide your money. Uh, sorry to the, the mom. Yeah. You should hide your money so he doesn't find it. Give it to your pa- So there was a bunch of schemes about that. Yeah. And if the dad, on the dad side, if you, you would mention something, you know, just like, I feel like it's not right, he would get bashed by everybody yeah. on the group. And it was like, oh, you're such a bad man. Uh, you should. So anyways, uh, I guess that's part of the oh, gosh. human nature. And you well, know, talk about racism and everything else. It's, yeah, it's, exactly. Well, so nice that you're doing this work. I really, and your podcast is fabulous. I hope everybody's going to hear it. Please tell everybody where they can go. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, I have, actually I have my website now for maybe a month. So uh, the divorcedaddiaries.com on there, there's pretty much pointing to all the platforms. So I'm pretty much on all the different platforms, Apple Podcasts and everything. I have uh, the Instagram as well, the Divorce Dad Diaries, which is a bit more popular there. Is it Twitter the? Account. Do we need the in front? The yes, Divorce yes. Dad Diaries? Okay. Yes, the Divorce Dad Diaries, exactly. Okay, dot com. com. So if you go okay. there, you find uh, you can find everything in there. And so... Awesome. Well, I hope everybody is going to go there and listen because it's really a lovely podcast. Your guests are fantastic. I've really enjoyed listening to it. So thanks so much for doing this. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you again. Really appreciate it. We'll have you back. (laughs) I I hope so. Thank you. Okay. (laughs) I hope you're getting into hearing about divorce and family life from the dad's perspective. I'm personally getting a ton of insight from talking to these guys. And I'm getting inspired even more to provide supports that dads need to be able to function in the families that we want as their wives, their girlfriends, their significant others. Whatever we have to do as women to give ourselves permission to care for ourselves, I think guys have to struggle way harder for that. Men are more likely to withdraw or to 
fall into self-destructive coping mechanisms like booze or compulsive gaming because it's harder for them to face the shame they feel as men. The shame of not being in control, of not being able to figure it out, of not being able to protect their kids from a dysfunctional family court system. But if we're going to ratchet back the galloping divorce rate in second families, the dads do need help and they need brotherhood. And I hope that these episodes can be a kind of a jumping off point for that. Don't forget, Stefan's podcast is called The Divorced Dad Diaries, and you can find it on every platform. This podcast is created and produced by me, Tracy Poisner. If you're enjoying it, go ahead and subscribe so you can get notified of each new episode. If you're really enjoying it, let me know by leaving a rating or a review on iTunes. In addition to stoking my ego, you'll be helping women around the world find us and join us here. One-to-one coaching is available from me. You can shoot me an email at info at essentialstepmom.com to inquire, or just go ahead and book an appointment at tracypoisner.bookify.com. That's tracypoisner.bookify.com. I'll put those links in the show notes too. I'll be back next week with the original nacho-typical divorced dad, David Sims. See you then.